Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited in this evening's class? Praise God. All right, let's um, get into the Word. And we have been talking about developing an image of longevity. Praise God. Developing an image of what? Of longevity. Praise God. And we've been looking at this subject and I think it's been interesting. Praise God. Just learning what God wants regarding the subject of long life. And we said, which is very important, we are not basing our life on our experiences, but what the Word of God says. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Praise God. And um, we are, you know, I actually wanted to have this whole healing class and teach on a lot of subjects or a lot of things around the subject of healing, but I found that by the Holy Ghost, uh, we are stuck on just the issue of longevity. And so I feel that it's something the Lord wants us to pursue stronger. Praise God. And uh, I am trusting that your lives are getting blessed and your lives are getting changed. Praise the name of the Lord. Just learning from the Word of God. We must be careful. Now listen very carefully to me now. We must be careful of... Now, uh, let me put it this way. We, we came from a background that is very strict when it comes to Christianity. Okay? We came from that legalistic background, which was very strict. But what we found out is that we, we are now almost in a place where there's almost zero or no reverence for the things of God or for God or for the presence of God. Um, especially in, in Christianity today. And why do I say that? I, we, we joke about everything. And I, I, was, I, was, I, I saw something on social media, and it's almost like a challenge. It looks like a joke, but it's a challenge that people are, are carrying out. And I, and I want to say this because of what we're teaching, that when you begin to consider the subject of long life and spirituality, you must begin to pay um, very important notice to very little things. Uh, there's this challenge going on, and everybody's joking about it. And you'll see there were five people who came into my house, six, one came, three were killed. How many people are remaining? How many of you have seen that on Facebook? Why, why, must, you, why must we always talk about death? Yeah, you know, I stumbled on it, and I stumbled on it on someone else's status. And I'm like, how do we make a challenge out of the fact that someone came to my house, there are six people in the house, four were shot dead, how many are remaining? Yeah, but it's just a joke. Your spirit does not recognize it. Are you following this now? 
Now, the reason I say this is now someone will say, oh, you are too serious. Can't we have fun? Yes, you can have fun, but you cannot be having fun with killings and death. Praise God. Why not say, well, there were six people who didn't have life and um, a Christian came and raised them from the dead or prayed and how many people got healed? You'll never find anything like that. The world was never designed to promote life. Are you following this now? And you must watch that. You must make sure that you are on your toes spiritually. And you're not joking about things and you're not uh, unnecessarily putting yourself, praise God, just out there in the flesh or in carnality. You're making sure that you are in the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, go with, it. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Are you here or you're not here? Okay, so let me just know if I'm doing live streaming or there are people listening to me. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Let's go, let's go now. Or you have partook in that challenge before. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And I want to show you something there and then we continue from where we stopped. I'm using the New King James and the Amplified this evening. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Praise God. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or what? Think. Or what, what other words can we use for think? Imagine. Right? Can we use the word imagine for think? Yeah. So, look at this now. Follow me carefully. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or imagine. So he places your asking and your imagination in the same bar. If I say this or this, it means whether you ask or you imagine, it's the, it's the same thing. Right? Because I'll be able to do more than what you ask or what you imagine. So our imaginations are powerful. And that's very important. Our imaginations are powerful. And that's why we're talking about developing an inner image of longevity. We have to have that image on our side that we're going to live long. And I believe that what the Spirit of God is doing with me and through me and by me to you is to help you from scriptures begin to appreciate the whole subject of longevity and uh, begin to put your faith out there for it. Begin to speak it. Begin to declare it. You know, I, I, I saw some of our church members after the first session we had, the first session of the class, I saw some people, you know when I said, subtract your age that you are now from 120 and see how long you have to live. You know how some, some people doing it, are like, wow, see how like 85 years, see how like 75 years. You know what, what's happening to you? Do you literally know that for the first time, you are calculating you're living long, not your death. You're, you know, anytime you check your birthday, what comes to your mind? I'm growing older, I'll soon die. For the first time, you actually calculated your age and what came up of your spirit was joy. Like, wow, there's still life. You know, you know people actually get depressed on their birthdays. Oh, I'm 38, I'm not married now, I'm 37. And why is that image there? That image there is the image of I'm growing old. 
you read the life expectancy age, and you read, and you hear, I mean, literally, I was talking to my wife about it, literally it's almost like we're bombarded by the news of death every day. Come on, how many of you know that? You're reading that someone is dying. And I'm telling you, these things are fighting and choking the word of God. Because every day you get up, someone younger, someone older, it's death all around us. And in the midst of that, somebody is teaching you that it's possible to live long. Why? Because that's the word of God. I posted something my friend Brandon Bailey said the other day, and I like it. I don't want the world's opinion. I'm not open to the world's opinion. I'm only open to the opinion of the world. I don't care what the world says. It's what the word says that I will stick by. It might look old-fashioned, it might look old-school, but I stick with the word. Glory to God. Now, go to Genesis chapter 15. Let me read a quick story to you there about um, Genesis chapter 15. And I'll read a quick story to you about Abraham. And I want to show you the power of image first, because what we're going to do this evening, basically, is just go over the scriptures again and renew our mind. Praise God. And you make sure you're listening to the messages again. Okay? Don't just listen to it and say, no. Feed your spirit. I, put, I, I posted something today. I said, most of us get into problems for 30 years, and we want to come out with just three minutes of prayer and word. We, we patiently get into troubles all our life, but we want to hurriedly come out. This, listen, pastors are not magicians. We have to remove that image from our head. Like, you know, this guy just want to perform. Yeah, we, miracles happen through the, through the ministers of God. But if you really want to have a progressive life, you have to be disciplined consistently in the right direction. Go to Genesis 15. Are you there? Now, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Look at what Abraham said. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is a leather of Damascus. Can you see what God, uh, Abraham answered God? He said, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to give to me? I'm going childless. Seeing. So when he said seeing, what is he talking about? The image on his inside is the image of childlessness. Now, he had already said, glory to God, he had already said, <laughs> Eliezer, the heir, is going to be the heir of my house, the Eliezer of Damascus. So this guy had over 318 trained servants in his house. He's already picked who will be the heir. He, the guy already had a plan for not having a child. And I'll say this very boldly. Faith has only plan A. Faith doesn't have a plan B. Like, in case this doesn't work, no, it will work. The word is working. Glory to God. It doesn't matter. The word is working. There are things I believed for my life long ago. I'm just seeing them in manifestations. So the word is working. Now, look at this. Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, no one born in my house is my heir. Look at it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, we're going to talk about this next Wednesday. The word is the source of longevity. We can elongate our life by God's word. Glory to God. He says, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Five. This is what I like. Then he, who is he here? God. Come on, are you following this? 
Then he, God, brought him outside and said, What did God say Abraham should do? Look now towards what? Heaven. And count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendant be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted him to him for what? Righteousness. Did you see what God did? God brought Abraham out and showed him a picture and says, listen, that's going to be how your children will be. What was God trying to do right here? God was trying to change the image in the heart of Abraham. Praise God. Yesterday night, uh, Brother Copeland had a partner's meeting for his um, African partners and and we partner with the mini, uh, my family we partner with the ministry <clears throat> and he was talking about when he goes into his exercising room on his treadmill he has the age 120 and then he has scriptures and as he's exercising he's got that before him what is he doing he's working on the image on his inside let me tell you something just sitting here in the bible studies listening to me wherever you listen to me around the world is not enough Get the scriptures that I'm reading and go and spend time on them. You know, I was thinking about this today, like how we have time for everything else, but there's no time for the word. There's no time for prayer. You see how you struggle to study the word? How you struggle to pray? It's because the enemy knows what's going to happen to your life if you feed your spirit with the word and feed your spirit in the things of God. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's all about the image. Now let's let's look at some scriptures. Genesis chapter, um, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter five, verse thirty-three. Let's run through some scriptures quickly. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse thirty-three. You must walk in all the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you, so you may live, you may live and prosper. God wants you to live, <laughs> glory to God, and God wants you to prosper and prolong your days in the land you will possess. God wasn't interested in giving them a land and then they die quickly. Imagine, glory to God, imagine having crossed the wilderness, crossed the Red Sea, gone through all of that challenge, finally in Canaan, and then you die. That's not God's will. The, the tendency in life is that the older you get, the more your blessings are going to materialize. And God wants your life to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Hallelujah. You know, some of us are going through a whole lot right now and God is blessing us and increasing us. Now we're able to bless our parents. And listen, God wants you to be able to bless your parents. God wants you to be able to bless your pastor. I mean, imagine I'm teaching you right now and then you are going through school and then you leave school and then you have a good job and then it's time for you to be able to say, hey, man, I want to bless my pastor. You think it's God's will for me to die at that time? A thousand times, no, that's not the will. Of, it must be the will of the devil. Are you following this now? Can you imagine, just see your reaction, your natural reaction is like, no. And that's the way we should think about this thing. God wants us alive. And if God wants us alive, He knows that there will be diseases and sicknesses and all what will come against us. But God's plan is greater than that of the enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 40. 
If you obey all the decrees and commands I'm giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. Praise God. I'm giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. I'm using the New Living Translation. He says, I'm telling you all of these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land. Now, what I want you to see from this scripture is that God decided to take them to, the, uh, to Canaan and told them, listen, I want you to keep these laws because I want you to live long in this land. You know, when, when, God, when, when someone gives you a gift, he wants you to enjoy the gift. Do you realize that? Like, if I buy a wristwatch for you right now, you know, you know some people, they buy stuff for you and for some days they haven't seen it. You know what they are going to ask? Don't you, don't you like, don't you like it? Praise God. You know, sometimes you might buy something for your wife and you expect your wife to use it the next day. After one month, she's not using it. You're going to ask, is it that you don't like it or what? Why? Because you expect, your expectation is if I give you a gift, I want you to enjoy it. If God has given you purpose, if God has given you whatever God is giving to you, God wants you to live long and enjoy whatever He's blessed you with. Glory to God. Are you still here? Okay. Now go to Genesis chapter 6. Now I'm going to interpret this a bit differently. I know that there is a way people interpret it, but I, I differ a bit. And you can't prove me wrong. <laughs> but it, it hit me in the office while studying today. I thought it the other way before, but I'm seeing it better now. When he talked about man's life is, a, is 120. We, we've always seen it and taught it, and I've taught it before that way, that God said man can live up to 120. But as I began to study, I realized that no, that's not what, that's not what that scripture is really talking about. That scripture was talking about the span of judgment. That the days of man before the flood will happen will be 120. It wasn't that God was saying your life will be 120. Two reasons. Number one, there's never, uh, there's never any other place where God places a limitation on how man will live. Because if you go to Isaiah, now you need to follow me carefully. Because I, like I said, I've taught it the other way before that God wants us to live 120. But I'm seeing it from a different light now. Now, and I'm telling you why. Because when you go to the book of Isaiah, God now talks about the age of a man. Alright? That a man will live to be a hundred years. Now, some theologians say, well, that is about the new, the millennium, or the new life, or the resurrection, or after the rapture. Now, the question I have for you is, if you are immortal, why would you be counting age? Do you understand that? Okay, let me revise and come back. In the book of Isaiah, it says a child will die at a hundred. Right? Now, it says a child will die at a hundred. It cannot be that a child will die at a hundred and, and in Genesis, God is now saying, I placed a limitation at 120. Now, people say, well, that Isaiah was talking about the new Jerusalem or the new heaven and earth. The question I have is, the new heaven and earth should be after resurrection. When you have an immortal life. You cannot be talking of death anymore. At that stage. Because you now have eternal life. Do you follow it? Okay, if you don't follow, just keep it on the shelf. Okay? So, 
The second reason why I began to study this carefully, because what I did was, I began to go through how old people lived after the flood. After the flood, you realize that nobody even died at 100. The minimum death was 200. So if God had made these uh, limits for man, then nobody should have lived more than 120. I don't know if you understand. Because if I say, hey, come on, you know, I'm not, I'm not, we're going to read it. I'm not going to strive with you anymore. You're going to die at 130. And then, you read a few chapters. Somebody's 300. What happened? So actually, I, I, I don't want to do all the mathematics and the calculation right now. But actually, this whole 120 points to the days appointed to, to, the, to man for the judgment of God to come. It's like saying, Mene, mene, tekel, opasin. Your days are numbered. It's like saying, listen, at 80, I'm not going to struggle with you. By 80, I'm going to close this thing up. I'm not putting a limit on your age. I'm rather telling you how long this thing is going to take before I close this phase up. The third reason I believe this is because when I began to study, I observed that after every major judgment of God on the earth for sin, the age of man began to reduce. After the flood, the age of man reduced from about 600 to 900 to 400. After the Tower of Babel, man began to reduce from 400 to 200. In fact, Abraham's father was 235. From that point onwards, man's age began to reduce. So what does that tell me? What actually is reducing and releasing death in the atmosphere is sin. Nothing else. Nothing else. Because the wages of sin is death. And that death is not just only spiritual death, it releases death in the atmosphere. And unfortunately, believers haven't trained themselves enough not to partake of all of these things. Right? Come on, are you following this now? Alright, praise God. Now, Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. Let's read quickly. Wow, time is going. I've not even started. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. (laughs) And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for it is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Okay. Now, There were giants on the earth in those days and all of that and all of that. Verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. That means the intentions of his heart was evil put on repeat mode. Can you see God saying something about intentions right here? Come on, are you following this now? And God says, what's this? And the Lord was so sorry that he had made man on the earth. He was grieved in his heart. God, so the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both the beasts, creeping things, beds of the earth, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It doesn't matter how wicked, and just keep desperately wicked the generation is, the people will find grace in God's sight. And grace for Noah was not a license to misbehave. Grace for Noah was the foolishness of the cross. Building an ark 
And the Bible calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. Preaching that God is going to judge the world, repent. He looked foolish. In fact, he was so foolish that Noah preached. And nobody believed him. Only his family went into the ark with him. If we were to rate Noah's ministry today, we would say Noah failed. Imagine only you shouting something is wrong. The whole world, nobody believes you. I'm not even saying that your church member believes you. And I'm sure some of the family people, they got in out of, is our father. <laughs> even if he's mad, we cannot deny him. Let's just enter the ark. Do you know what I'm saying? Ima- Come on, let's think about it. Imagine preaching, you need grace. Imagine we're in this island and rain has never fallen for years. You now start building an ark. They ask you, what are you building? You say, I'm building an ark. Why are you building an ark? Ah, it's going to rain. What? God is going to judge all of you guys. You're not serious. <laughs> Imagine preaching and nobody, I mean, with all the, whatever is going on, some of you still step out by faith and still come. I know some of you coming, you receive many warnings. But think of preaching for years and nobody believing you. That's grace. Grace is the ability to deny ungodliness. To live righteously when everybody's living wrong. That's when you'll find grace. Are you following this now? Alright. So first, notice the, the context of Genesis 6. The context of Genesis 6 is not focused on the question of man's longevity. In fact... The topic of human lifespan is nowhere to be found in the story of the flood. So, why would such a topic suddenly come up in verse 3? The, the, the narrative or the context of Genesis 6 is the wickedness of man. Reading through the rest of Genesis 6, we'll find many people who live much longer than 120 years, even after the Lord God had made that declaration in chapter 6. Now, if you look at the ages of people born after the flood, <clears throat> look at this. The ages do a sudden drop but are stabilized at about 450 years. <clears throat> so, before, um, after Adam left the garden, after he had seen, the age was up. 900, 950, 600, 700. But after the flood, in Genesis 11, the flood and the Tower of Babel, all of that, go to Genesis 11, 12, 13. So I'm just going to give you the numbers and the scripture because of time, okay? Genesis chapter 11, verse 12 to 13. Aphasad lived for 438 years. Okay? If you go to Genesis 11, 14 and 15, Shelah lived for 433 years. Then if you go to Genesis 11, 16 to 17, Eber lived for 464 years. So, immediately after the judgment of the flood and all of that, the age began to come to about 450, the average age. Now, when Shem was born, proud to the flood, he lived up to 600. And then, when the destruction of the Torah of Babel came in Genesis 11 again, you can just see the reputation of man's wickedness. Man have always not wanted to serve God. Right from Genesis till today, man's ways are always opposed to God. That's why you must learn to deal with your flesh. Your flesh does not want to serve God. Have you observed every time you tell yourself you're going to wake up to pray, that's the day you, your sleep is the sweetest? Have you observed every time you say you want to study the Bible, that's when something comes up? Have you literally observed sometimes the day you say you want to fast, that's when God blesses your wife with good food ideas? <laughs> Praise God. Or the day you say, I want to fast, you get up and hunger. St-. How many of you have observed that? 
You just tell yourself, ah, we are finishing this fast today. Today we are going to fast. Nine o'clock. You will just be strolling around the kitchen. Say, ah, come this way now. Then you say you are on, on program today. You just say, let me, let me, let me, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. You know, but the day you don't want to fast, what do you think happens? You stay. Immediately, let me tell you this. One of the reasons you should know things are powerful in your life is when you set your mind to do the right things, how much the devil fights you not to do it. When you want to pray, when you want to fast, when you want to read the word, when you want to just do the right things, you will see the attack that will come upon you. Even your whole system will sometimes collaborate with the devil. Hunger from another level. Praise God. Are you still here now? Okay. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 18, the age now dropped. Peleg lived for 239 years. Rio, R-O-E-U, lived for 239 years. That's Genesis 11, 18 and 19, you find Peleg. 20 to 21, you find this guy. Then there was the guy's name, Serog. He lived for 230 years, which is Genesis 11, verse 22 to 23. So what I'm just saying is, listen. You know, the age began to drop. And one of the reasons why the age was dropping was the sin factor. Was the wickedness on the earth. And when we look at our society today, it's not far fresh. And unfortunately, even as believers, we have not learned to separate ourselves from the world. And that's something that God is dealing with me so strongly about. We want the world to like us. The world was not designed to like us. Are you following what I'm saying? The world was not designed to like a true believer or to like a true Christian. And that's very important. Praise God forevermore. Come on, are you still here? The world was not designed for that. And that's why it's important for us to yield ourselves to the teachings of the Spirit and the teachings of the Scripture. How many of us have daily confessions, word, word that we confess or that we declare? How many of us have daily confessions that we declare? You confess it every day. How many of us are faithful with those daily confessions? You will observe, for some of us, it's a mighty struggle. We confess one day, and the next day, we're not. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? You know, this one I'm teaching about longevity. Woo! You can tell the excitement in people's lives. Well, I'll see you at 120. I'll do my bed there at 122. Give them one month. And hear the confession. How oh, this virus will not kill somebody. This road we are traveling. Let somebody not die and not leave his children. You, are, are you following what I'm saying? What it, it, see, so that thing has not built. Let me tell you how I want this thing to be built on your inside. Is that when death and all of those stuff comes, your spirit is quick to react. Your, your, your spirit just like, no way. No way. Why? And you need to feed your spirit to that point. Praise God. You need to feed your spirit. You need to put the word of God on your spirit until you will know. One of the ways you know, I think I'm going to deal with that next week, is the fact that the fear of death will just go. You just, longevity will become part of your life. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You don't say, ah, people are dying younger. God forbid. No, no, that God forbid is not a reaction 
of, what's that now? It's not a reaction of safety. It's a reaction of fear. Your name is not on that list. So why are you reacting? Are you following what I'm saying? So you need to meditate on the word until that changes. You know, I spent some time meditating on the word regarding longevity and all of that. And I'm still, in fact, in teaching this subject, I saw that I've not meditated long enough. How many of you realize, as we're doing healing class right now, for the first time, you are beginning to pay importance to the age of people in Scripture. Like, you read, Adam lived 900. It now made meaning to you. Do you realize before now, where's the mystery? Let's go on. You know, it didn't mean anything. Because for you, ah, it's impossible. 900. Ah, Adam. Ah, Bible. <laughs> 900. Because in your village, they just celebrated the oldest man in your village is 88. I saw Casey Price, Fred Price today, on social media. He's 88 years old. He was playing karate with his grandson. 88, still active. I mean, that's how God wants us to be and glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of life. Amen. So, even if you find certain things going wrong in your body right now, it's not, it's not to say, you know, don't fight the message. Accept it. And I say this, and I, I know God has ordained long life for me, but I say this. It doesn't matter what happens to me. This message is true. Take it from me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I finish teaching you what I'm teaching you right now, I'll take the scriptures, I'll get a walk in my own life. So don't say, well, but that preacher died at 43. The preacher is not the one who died for you. Jesus died. The word of God is what we believe. Are you following this now? Even me that I'm teaching you, I'm not your example in this. I'm teaching you what God is teaching me. And I'll go back and sit down as a student for this word to also work in my life. So my life is not, uh, you know, you don't, it's the word of God. What I'm trying to say is that we are all students of the word. And we have to believe the word and live the word. So a preacher doesn't get something to happen in his life because he preached it. A preacher gets something to happen in his life because he believes it and he acts on it. Have you not seen people who preach something else and they live a different life? It's possible for you to preach long life and you don't believe in it, but you just find it in the Word. So you have to go back and meditate and keep your eyes on it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Let me read a couple of things to you. Joshua chapter 24 verse 29. The Bible says, It came about after these things, glory to God, that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died, being 110 years old. So Joshua died at 110 years old. But I want you to observe this. Do you realize that Joshua fought wars all his life? Now, I want you, I want you to figure this, right? Joshua did not die at 110 because he was, he was employed in the government and he had a good life. He lived in a very good place. Look at the conditions with which these people lived this long. They were not easy conditions. And in those days, their war was not uh, ballistic missiles. It was not nuclear bombs. It was not sitting behind an armored tank and spraying the people. The words you had to go in there with sword and clubs and shield and spears and all of that. It's even unlike today. 
We have all these things going for us. Praise God. <laughs> we have supplement, vitamins, exercise. What, you have, what have you? Have parts of the meat we don't eat. We have, and it's good. I'm going to talk about that. You have to take care of your body. You have to eat right. But we still struggle to live long. Something is wrong. We've got to find it in the Word. Hallelujah. Genesis 49. Go to verse 29 to 33. I want to show you how the fathers of faith... And you can go and study how the fathers of faith died. Okay? You can go back and just study that. And see how it... We have your faith. Uh, Genesis chapter 49. Go to verse 29. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and we, we start at verse 33. So, uh, can we go to verse 1? Let me give you a context or a picture. Genesis 49, 1. And Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather yourselves together around me, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last day. So he was about to die, so he gathered all his children. So he spoke over them. Now go to verse 29. Then he charged them and said, I'm to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron in the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, the Hittite, as a possession for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. They buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. I want you to see this. He blessed his children and was... Look at how old Jacob was. He blessed his children and he told them exactly where he wanted to be buried. There is something I want you to see here. Jacob had no memory loss. He described the grave. They should bury him. He talked about who bought the grave and how many people were buried in that grave. So you can't make mistake about his burial. Now, he didn't write it as a will. He said it as his last words. I, I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. Look at it. Go back again. I want you to observe this thing about memory loss. And we need to deal with that. Because that's something that comes with old age that people are afraid of. Many, listen, and you need to listen to me by the Spirit now. Many people don't want to get old because they're afraid they will forget things and they'll start messing up. And they'll become an embarrassment. And you've got to deal with that fear. Because if you're afraid that when you get old, you forget your children's name, you know, maybe you have four children, one is, and then you want to call Joshua, you first call Jonah, James, Jude, Josiah. They said, no, Papa, it's Joshua. <laughs> you know, so when you start calling names, people start volunteering themselves so that you hit them on time and know who you want to call. Joshua, is it Joshua? No, is it? No, no, no. That's not your old age. That's not the old age we're believing for. You know, because when you begin to have that mental picture, you rather just want to die young and don't be an embarrassment to anybody. But that's not the old age we find in Scripture. Look at this. Then he charged them and said to them, I'm to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, the Hittite, as a possession for a burial place. Look at it. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. And they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. So, he gave the history of the cemetery. And he knew who bought what from what. 
So it's not like he's old and I say, ah, Papa, who bought the ground? I say, ah, ground. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the old age that the scripture. And these things, we need to think about them and reflect about them. And that's why even at a young age right now, the Bible, will, God says God will make us of quick understanding. We can't afford just to be forgetting things. Glory to God. We receive memory retention this evening in the name of Jesus. Sharpness of memory. We don't forget things. We remember things. Glory to God. We receive that in our spirit in the name of Jesus. Send you to go and bring something from the kitchen. From the door to the kitchen. You're forgotten. That's not God's will. Glory to God. Okay. Now, so he died. Genesis 50. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servant, the physician, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. So he just spoke words and told them what should be done. And then he passed on. Numbers 33 verse 39. I just want to show you how old some people were in the scriptures. Uh, Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Or. Aaron was 123 years old. So Aaron lived to be 123 years old. You can go to... Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Hor. Then, I like this one. Go to Job 42 verse 16. Wow. I'm going to deal with something in Psalm 90. Wow, wow. Let's run quickly. Let's come, 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 come with me quickly. Job 42 26. Uh, sorry. Job 42 16. And... After this, look at this. Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Oof, man, this is something else. This is something else. Come on, saints, this is something else. Praise God. This is something else. Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. <laughs> There's so much in the Old Testament we need to glean. I love this. Currently in the world, although, go to Psalm 90, although we don't have official figures in this part of the world, but currently in the world, they said the oldest French woman, a woman by the name of Jenny Calment, lived up to 122 years, and she died in 1997. There are two records in the world, not the word of God now, this is the world. There are two records of people who lived a lot. Then the oldest man currently is a man called Jerome Kimura of Japan who died in 2013 at the age of 116. These are the two old people that are recorded. Forget about some of those things you see on social media everywhere. They'll just use Photoshop and make one woman very old and say, share. This is 400 years. <laughs> Alright, so these are the two people that the world has been able to pick up in terms of their age. Of course, like I said, even here we don't have a proper record. Now, I want to deal with with this scripture, Psalm 90. I've dealt with Genesis 6. Psalm 90 is also another scripture where people say God said we would live up to 80 and 70 years. It wasn't God who said that. So, the cure to Psalm 90, I, I talked about it in my, in my book, The Good Life. The cure to Psalm 90 is Psalm 91. And I want to go through the whole Psalm and just show you a few things. Go to Psalm 90. Now, Psalm 90 is a lamentation of Moses. And 
it was like Moses was crying. It's not like that was God's will for man. Now go to Psalm 90 verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, <clears throat> or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, your God, you turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight, and like yesterday when it's passed, and like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like a slip in the morning. They are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it's cut down and withers. For, look at this, <clears throat> follow me now. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath we are terrified. Now if you go to the Amplified, it says, For we, the Israelites in the wilderness, are consumed by your anger. So it was referring to a particular set of people. Now go to verse 8. You have set our iniquities before you, <clears throat> our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days, look at this word, have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. Right? Now, if you look at the Amplified, that's why I, I, I picked up the Amplified tonight. It says, for all our days out here in this wilderness, says Moses, pass away in your wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. For we adults know that we are doomed to die soon without reaching Canaan. So, Psalm 90 was the lamentation of Moses based on the declaration of God to the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 14, verse 26 to 35, that they will perish in the wilderness and they will not get to Canaan because of their... Uh, rebellion and their stiff nakedness. He wasn't even speaking to the whole of the children of Israel. He was speaking to those who were 20 years and above and because it was their children who later entered into Canaan. Are, are you following this now? So, this psalm was not God's proclamation that a man would live at 80. A man should live up to 80. It was Moses crying and saying, in your anger when we rebelled against you, 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 you put that there because we will not be able to go into Canaan. For all our days have passed away uh, in your wrath. We finish our years like a side. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, that means even if we live long, they are 80 years. Yeah, their boss is only in labor and sorrow for it's soon cut off and we fly. And, 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 and he began to talk about, look at verse 11. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us the number of days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Look at what he now says. Look at what he now says. Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. The years in which you have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to the children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Now, get to Psalm 91. He who dwells. Now, Moses, it, the conversation is changing. Observe the conversation in Psalm 90. Observe the, the lamentation. Now, observe the change of language. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, 
My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because... Look at this now. You have met the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. So he's not talking to a rebellious set of people anymore. He's not talking to a set of people whose the anger of the Lord is against. No, he's now talking to the man who has decided to abide under the secret place of the most high. The man who has decided to abide in him. Right? Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall be for you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Praise God. Um, verse what? 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways, in your hands, lest you bear your, bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And here was referring to Jesus. This was a, a, a promise given to Jesus. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample up, up, up on the foot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. You shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. Come on, what's the last word in that verse? With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can you see how Psalm 90 and Psalm 91 are different? Now, I've heard people teach that, well, because verse 11 and 12, Jesus quoted that. He was referring to Jesus. So, I, this is my question. We are in Him. That's why we share covenant. So, if this was even referring to Jesus, right now we are in Him. What belongs to Jesus belongs to us. Praise the name of the Lord. Come and I said, praise the name of the Lord. With long life, will He satisfy us? Now, this is the challenge I, I have a bit with that theology. Because if we talk about this referring to Jesus, but when we want to talk about protection, we quote the first verses before this. So it's not consistent. If we are taking the fact that no plague shall befall us, and no evil shall come nigh dwelling, why don't we take with long life? Will it satisfy me? We can't cherry pick these verses. We've got to believe everything. Can I tell you something? Do you know right now, listening to me, it's easy for you to believe that no evil shall come nigh you and no plague shall befall your dwelling? Do you know that's easier for you to believe than for you to believe with long life will it satisfy you? You know the reason why? Emphasis have been placed a long time, a lot of time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God on the fact that no evil shall befall you. You hear it all the time. Your pastor will say, no evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling. But very few times do you hear them say, with long life, God will satisfy you. With long life, God will satisfy you. And you know why sometimes it's difficult for pastors to say that? Because when he's saying, with long life, God will satisfy you, maybe they are calling him to go and bury one of the church members. And then the question is going to come, Pastor, if it is with long life, God, why is this one dying? We might not have all the answers, but we know what God wants us to be. Are you you following what I'm saying now? And we've got to put our faith on the line for that. Praise God. Now, um, I want you to go to something. Go, go with me somewhere. Go to Luke chapter 13. I'll just do two more scriptures and then we close. Thank you, Lord. But I, are, you, are you following this? Luke chapter 13. 
Because we have long life in the covenant. It's part of the covenant. And we've got to take the benefits of it. Go to Luke chapter 13. And I want to show you something. That this can be available for you and you will not take advantage of it. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. Luke 13 and verse 10. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Jesus was teaching. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no ways raise herself up. So this woman was bent over for 18 years. But when Jesus saw her, he called out to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. They were angry because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to walk. Therefore, come, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. <laughs> the religion will not mind keeping us sick and providing a theology for it. You hear some people say, well, God is trying to teach me something through this sickness. Then why are you taking drugs? Why are you trying to prevent the lesson? If God is teaching you something through the sickness, don't go to the doctor. Learn properly. God is not trying to teach you anything. God, is, God teaches you through the Holy Spirit and through His ministers. Sickness is of the devil. You take authority over it. Praise God. Don't call the sickness yours. My ulcer. My cancer. My malaria. No. It's not yours. You are afflicted by it and attacked by it, but it's not yours. Malaria is attacking my body, not my malaria. This, my malaria. No. If you are calling it this, my malaria, well, then just give it your son name. Say, how many are you in your family? Say, actually, we're three. Maxwell, Ugaga, Malaria, Ugaga. You know what I'm saying? Don't, Don't ever own sickness. It's not yours. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how ravenously it has attacked your body, refuse to own it. Praise God. Now, there, there's somewhere I want you to go there. It says, Then the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the store and lead it away to the water? Verse 16. Pay attention to verse 16. Pay attention to it. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. Did you say think of it in your scripture? Come on now. You can just This is what Jesus is saying. Think of it. You think now. That's what Jesus is trying to say. That this is a daughter of Abraham. By covenant, she's not supposed to be bound. But do you realize, even though she was coming to the synagogue every day, she was bound. This explains why people can come to church every day and still die. There are things that shouldn't happen to us because we are sons of the covenant. So, so the question right here, and, and, and this is a challenge to me even preaching to you. Are there things happening in my life right now that shouldn't happen? But if I don't do anything about it, it will happen. I can come to the synagogue for 18 years and I'm still bound. And listen, for a woman to be in this condition and still come to the synagogue for 18 years, this is a faithful woman. Some will not even have malaria and not show up. This woman, she couldn't literally bound herself, but she um, strained herself up. But she came to the synagogue. Look at this. For 18 years, be loosed 
from this bound on the Sabbath. And I want you to see how God connects, Jesus connects, the freedom of this woman to the fact that she is the daughter of Abraham. And it's the same thing. We are sons of God. We should have high expectations. We should expect things that nobody can do for us. Thank you, Lord. We should expect new organs in our bodies. Hallelujah. We should expect that our organs will not fail. Glory to God. We should expect that if there is cancerous growth on our body, it will dematerialize. Because if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us, it quickens our mother body. The Amplified says it will revitalize it. What does revitalization mean? It will bring life back to it. The Spirit of God can do that. But if you don't channel the Spirit of God for that purpose, it will not get it accomplished. And so you have to be deliberate. I love what Brother Copeland does. He confesses over every organ of his body. He says, oh, that one will take time. That's why the man is 83 years old. And still doing 25 press-up every morning and running his gym. And you are 22. And you can only do two press-up. When you become 23, you do one press-up a year. Climb staircase and everything. <sighs> you people don't have elevator in this country. If it is in America... They have elevator. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you tell the choir here, you guys do exercise before you rehearse. It's almost like choir. Ah, if you want to sing, let's sing. If we're in the gym, let's know we're in the gym. Are you following this? You know, you know how naturally our body just likes to sleep and lay down in that dead state? I am your relax. Ah! Man has walked. Ah. <laughs> Do you know that the kind of work we're doing was not the kind of work Abraham was doing? These guys were cattle rearers. They would finish cattle and go and fight. In those days, if you wanted any territory, you fought for it. You don't buy land. It's not like I have one million, buy land. No. If I want the land that this man has, I have to fight the man and kill the man and make sure I kill all his children and kill everybody related to him so I can have peace in that land. Are you following what I'm saying? So, it wasn't an easy life they were living. There were no air conditioners. Abraham would not finish from the, from the farm and just relax and take Chivita and say, ah! man has walked and just chill and go to Facebook. Animal things loading. No. But these guys had long lives. And you realize that Abraham was not attending healing classes. He didn't have a pastor. Abraham didn't even have a Bible. But he had a walk with God. And that walk with God is the secret of long life. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Even if you want to die early, God will speak to you. And you will not make people cry unnecessarily. You can save all of us heartache. I just come, you know what? When is 2023? December. I will be going to join the Lord. We will all just rejoice with you. Say, okay, 2023 December. When is December what? Even if you are not sure of the dates, can measure you, measure all the things you need. What do you want us to wear? Red? I mean, as she told us, the challenge I have is when people die, then people go and start, start listening and trying to force statements out of people. 
the man would have just said, Oh, well, the sun is closing. And he said, Ah, he said it all. He said, Sun is closing. Hey, he was talking of his death. We did not know. Mm. It's a lie. He was not talking of his death. That's not how the Bible said it. The Bible did, does not teach us to talk of our death in parable. Oh, I will be traveling. He was only saying, Travel, 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 travel. On Monday, he said travel. On Tuesday, he said travel. On Wednesday, he not died. Ah, he has traveled. No, no. Don't buy into that. Don't try and look for people's last sermon. See, you realize, after he preached that last sermon, he closed the Bible like this. Normally, he used to close it like this. But he now closed it like that. That's his final closing. No, no, no. That's not what the Word of God says. You can close your Bible anyhow. If you want to die, just tell us. Luke chapter 2. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. We'll do two more scriptures and then we'll close. Luke chapter 2. Are you there? Let's go to verse 25. Let's see how to die. As a godly man. And by the way, this is not a message of condemnation. This is not a message of, yeah, just what the word of God says. Genesis chapter 2. Because then you start asking, oh, so this one that happened, is it that the person did not know God? I don't know. Just read the Bible. Luke chapter 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was just and devout. Hey, Kalabash I like this. I like the way they describe him. Look at the Amplified Version description of this man. This man was a righteous and devout man. Cautiously and carefully observing the divine law. He was cautious about his work. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. We cannot talk of long life and live carelessly. Uh, 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 Wednesday. Talk carelessly, joke carelessly, immerse ourselves in the world and in the death that is around us. You realize this thing that's going on around in the world, that's when you will know that humanity has no solution to their own problem. Even the scientists are confused. Today, someone say wear mask. Tomorrow, they say, oh, mask will block oxygen. Tomorrow, they say wear face shield. Tomorrow, they don't even know. Nobody knows. Nobody's got the solution. Are you following what I'm saying? There is always a point to the limit. A man always has limitations. Now look at this now. Look at this now. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Oh God. Look at the description of a man. Even when the Holy Spirit was not poured out. Oh men have walked with God. Men have walked with God. Look at this. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. That he would not see death. Before he had seen the Lord Christ. Do you, do you realize this? It's like God telling him, you know what guy, you're not going to die until you see the Lord Christ. You can only get those information from a walk with God. It's not from confession. Look at this. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed the Lord. And says, verse 29, look at this. Lord, now, you are letting your servant depart in peace for my, according to your word. And I'm going to deal with this next Wednesday. What kept Simeon was God's word. When God told him, you will not die until you see the Lord Christ. It doesn't matter the air, the airline Simeon enters. It doesn't matter the boat Simeon enters. It doesn't matter the diseases around him. That word would sustain him. What we need for longevity is God's word. 
And this word comes to us as we meditate on the written word and God begins. You know, do you realize if God just tells you, don't worry, I will bless your grandchildren and you will see it. That, that has established and your child doesn't have to, to get pregnant as a teenager to make that word come to pass quickly. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? God will get it done righteously. Look at this. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. And I want you to see how he handled this. He said, Lord, I can now go in peace. Do you realize that if Simeon goes back home, he can tell his children, well, I think I'm going to be going soon because I've seen what the Lord has told me that I'll see. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm showing you from scripture how it was. And this is our reality. Last scripture, Philippians chapter 1. Let's look at Paul. Paul's own is even worse. In a positive sense. Because he went through a lot of things. Beatings. In fact, the man described all the things he went through in this life. Shipwreck. Beatings. Floggings. Fastings. Peril of robbers. The man went through, and we're going to deal with that. The man went through all of that and survived. Look at Philippians 1.20. And uh, we're going to uh, read from verse, 12, from verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Philippians 1. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation, 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 look at that word, expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. People don't understand this scripture. I'll take time to explain it. For I will live for, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Look at what he said there. He says, if I live in the flesh, I'll see you guys. I'll be able to labor with you guys. He said, but I, I don't know what to choose now. Go to the next verse. For I'm hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh... Is more needful for you. Can you see what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, I'm between two opinions. I have a desire to go to be with the Lord. But if, I'm, if, I, if I am with you, it's more needful for you. Go back to verse 19, verse 22. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. It's almost like saying, I don't know what to choose. Praise God. God has given us the authority in His Word. By faith in His Word, we can choose life. He says, choose life that you and your sons may live. Let's make a conscious choice today to choose life. Let's talk life. Amen. Let's sing life. Let's sing songs that are full of life. Praise God. Let's not sing songs that are, oh, we are going, we will soon go, we don't know where we will go. No, no. Sing life. Praise God. Don't sing songs. I don't know where my appointment day will come. Your appointment day can come anytime. No, no. We can cancel that appointment. We choose life. Glory to God. If you find any song that is dead, 
not knowing he can come anytime. You don't know your day. Throw it away. There are many songs to choose from. Don't choose from that. Feed your spirit with life. Hallelujah. Come and I say, feed your spirit with what? With life. Get into the word in the morning. Feed your spirit. Before you get on social media, get into the word. Before you go, listen. Let me put this here. You, you see the funny thing about life? Don't get on social media first thing in the morning when you wake up. And get on social media last thing at night before you go to bed. You're feeding your spirit death. Get in the word first thing in the morning. Get in prayer first thing in the morning. Get your confessions first thing in the morning. Before you go to bed at night, get in the word. Get into prayer. Get into confession. What are you doing? You are elongating your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. And we just come before you and repent of the times, Father God, we've just belabored ourselves in the flesh. <laughs> and we just come right now before you, Jesus. We come into this covenant. We receive the covenant of life. And we know, Father God, that it's your will for us to live long. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.